Well, a good Wednesday afternoon, Saskatchewan. I'm Jamie Nye. He is Drew Remenda. Uh, from Disneyland, or nearby, um, Anaheim, California, where the Sharks play the Ducks uh, tonight. And the third floor at the Honda Center, some of the best nachos you will find that I've ever had in my life. No word of a lie. On the Ducks Lightning game I was at, I was like, whew, these are amazing nachos. I don't think I've ever been on the third floor of the Honda Center. That's like right near press box level. Yeah, near press box level, not press box level. It's a difference. You got the Honda Center. You're like way in the. Are you way in the back at the Honda Center in the press box? No, no? you're right no, above. We're, we're in the. Yeah, we're. Well, we're in. No, we're. In, it's we're not above. It's not like Montreal or Calgary or Detroit. We are. It's, we're back further, but it's not like Edmonton where you're in Leduc. Okay. Because Edmonton's bad, Jersey's bad, Dallas is bad. You're so far away, the game's a rumor. <laughs> it's like the press box of the, in Hamilton for the uh, CFL. Is it, yes, is it, is it bad? You are, you are a thousand feet in the air and as yeah. far back as possible. It's like, who? I don't even yeah. know who's playing. Like, yeah, the the, the Grey Cup game, it's, yeah, you're watching everything pretty much on the TVs. Yeah, because it is yeah. so far away, way back there. Uh, but Jamie and I, Drew Amanda, with you here on the Green Zone, uh, we are going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers as we uh, at the unofficial midway point, their needs, their Again? wants uh, going into the in, into the uh, midseason break. We're going across all seven franchises this week. How many times do we have to talk about that team? Well, they many, are the uh, best team on the there? planet, so a few times. But uh, first off, Drew Romanda, we're getting some great storytelling coming in because yesterday on the Evan Bray show, uh, in light of a few uh, places in Tirana uh, that shut down tobogganing out of the safety risk, (laughs) Evan Bray had uh, an expert on who says risky play is healthy for the development of kids. Like, Don't get rid of tobogganing. They need to learn how to fall like those. Come on. So I asked, Drew. Yeah. Come on, story time. Risky play in your past. The oh, things, geez. maybe it wasn't even a significant injury. Maybe you didn't get injured at all. But you look back now and think, whoo, yeah, that would be considered risky play. Um, <laughs> uh, Dave in Hag, he's saying his risky play was when he was a teenager doing belly flops off diving boards. Didn't matter, though. One meter, three meter, five meter, seven meter. Uh, he was doing belly flops uh, from the diving board. They actually have belly flop competitions uh, around the world. Uh, when I was five or six, we had a bad snowstorm. The drifts were as high as the eaves. My neighbor friend and I went to the backyard where we saw two power lines coming over from the power pole. My dad caught us high jumping the power lines. We didn't do that for long, uh, they say. We had, my mom and dad had on Taylor Street had a balcony. It's out of their bedroom. And next to our neighbors, we had a real small house. We had a lot of snow built up. And there were power lines that went across. And we would jump over the power lines into the snow. Donnie, Donnie misjudged, Don misjudged his jump. Power line hit him in the middle. 
and flipped him. It was the funniest damn thing I think I've ever seen in my life. And forever he watched we, we had the old sewer jackets, the old green jackets back then. They had two big black stripes just right across. <laughs> every time mom or dad asked, what happened? You know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was, it's over there. But we, we, did you ever do auto wing? We called it auto wing. Is it like bumper shining where you just. No, bumper you, shining? Who didn't yeah, bumper shine? We called it. Yeah, we called it auto wing. Like we do, we take a bus all the way down Lorne Avenue for crying out loud. Well, the, on that the Lumsden rink that's after on Monarchs yeah. games at the Lumsden yeah. rink when we were younger is like after yeah. a game, we'd just be like wandering around the parking lot. Yeah. Who's going to drives up with a truck and you're just on the bumper Boom. down. Yeah. Sliding around. Most people didn't even mind that you did it. Every so often, so, someone would do a little fishtail and, yeah, and send you. There yeah. you rolling your, along the way. Um, see you. We're we're not talking. This isn't bad advice. This is this is risky play. This is healthy development. It's good for you. It's good for you. Bubble wrapped. Exactly. It, right. My goodness. But, uh, but even the parents. My, the, the thing about Toronto. The thing about Toronto. And, and the parents are complaining. You're like, what, what are you? What are you guys doing? What do you? What do you think you're doing? What are you in Russia for crying out loud? <laughs> Who the hell do the people of Toronto City Council think they are? They're going to ban tobogganing. What the hell is going on with your mind? You're right. That's what I was like. Wait, banning some. Just... You're going to have huh? bylaw enforcers out there grabbing six year olds exactly. on their. Exactly. On their, their, on their <laughs> crazy carpets. Crazy carpets. Those things were wild. They would go so See, fast. I grew up in the valley, right? Lumsden, right. the valley. Yeah. We had hills and we did a lot of speed <laughs> things, no brakes, just... down hills. I remember I had, a, I had a BMX bike, little tiny BMX bike, like yeah. a trick bike, trick bike now. And we'd go where the sledding, the tobogganing hill was. We had jumps to jump off the sled. Well, in the summer, what do you do on your bikes? Well, those are bike jumps. One time I went down, no brakes, didn't slow down or anything, just to see how high I could go, just to see how much, how much air can you get, nigh? How much air can you get? Right. It was about midair. When I was like, that, this is too much. This is too much. I got too much air. This is this is not going to be fun at the end here. Yeah, I, I'm not going to land this. And the bike, I just threw the bike away. I was like, I'm because if I land on the bike, it's going to hurt more. It's worse, so I, worse, right? Bikes there, I'm rolling. But it's one of those things as a young person, you you hit the ground, you roll, and then you check yeah. yourself. Like this should really hurt, but I don't feel any pain. Have have I died? Is this heaven? Uh, what is happening? <laughs> and then you're like, Oh no, no. Are you okay? Are you over there? Oh, all your friends from Russia. Are you okay? Yeah, I think I think I'm in. All right, okay. Uh, don't tell mom, please, uh, about this one. Don't tell mom. Although she's listening right now and going, "You did what?" She probably already if knew. Where would we be? Where would the X Games be? Where would the McMorris brothers be? Where would Tony Hawk be if they didn't? And, and, and where would they be? Really? With if you had people all over the world, like those morons in Toronto banning to Biden, where would they be? They wouldn't be around. We can't because it's too risky. Right? It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's what we do. I like when you hurt yourself, like you, you take a huge spill, you get too much air and you take a huge spill, and then you're, you know you've hurt yourself, but you try to run it off. Like you do that little slow jog. You go, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Go around the corner <laughs> of the house where your friends can't yeah. see you and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
1-877-332-8255. Oh, Darren's got us classic Saskatchewan hobby back in the day in the winter. Uh, Darren, risky play. Go ahead. Risky play in the spring. Well, the spring. Fill up with water. And we would water ski in the water in the ditches while being pulled by a truck on the gravel road. <laughs> See, my uh, Uncle Kenny, shout out to Uncle Kenny. He tells us the story all the time. They did it in the winter. They'd have skis on. and oh, yeah. That's, you never felt anything more refreshing than ditch water at minus 10. <laughs> That's great. Uncle Kenny, great story. The RCMP pulls them over, right? He yeah. pulls him over, and the guy on the skis is in the ditch trying to be as still as he can, as if the person, <laughs> the bar CMP officer, couldn't see him. <laughs> Just so much snow, snowman. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> doing? That's so good. You'll never get anything as refreshing as ditch water. That's a great line right there. Oof. <laughs> When does the hypothermia to, set in on oh that my, one? But you got to wonder about, like, when I read about the toboggan stuff, it was like about a month ago it came out, right? Yeah. You read about that and you thought to yourself, what are you people thinking? Who asked for this? Who, when you were running for whatever you're running for, council or whatever it is, who came up to you and said, you know, one of your platforms should be, we're going to ban, to ban tobogganing and anything that might be risky for kids. Really? That's... That's that was that was going to be, that's the big pressing issue of the day. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think I've walked around downtown Toronto. I think there's a lot more other issues Toronto has. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those pesky five year olds, darn darn five and six year olds having too much hill, fun. Having fun. That's yeah. it. That's it. They're having fun. Who the hell do they think they are having fun at this day and age? Go home. And play Roblox. Play video that games. is exactly yeah. what we need you to do. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I drew Amanda with you here on the Green Zone. Risky uh, play is. <laughs> The topic of conversation this week. Can you believe we're at we're at our day and age now where we're thinking that tobogganing or some people are thinking tobogganing is risky, risky play? <laughs> if they only knew what kind of lives did they lead? <laughs> Horrible, sad That's ones. It. Yeah. Risky play yeah. is what the texts are uh, coming in. Uh, we wrapped wooden matchboxes with electrical tape, the old type of matches. You could light it on your zipper. Yeah, uh, yeah. Throw them on concrete, wait for the sizzle, then the explosion. <laughs> it, was all, it was all fun until we lit our neighbor's lawn on fire one spring. Oh, no way. <laughs> well, it's their fault for having such dry grass. That was sound, yeah, well, that's it. It was a very dry lawn, apparently. No, no damage other than the lawn. You turn on the hose and... <laughs> says, who did we get in big you know what and <laughs> lesson learned uh, that day uh downhill skis behind snowmobiles they say of course um, 
Did a few wow. Peter Griffin knee grabs after a session, uh, though. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> but at least they weren't tobogganing. See, here, here um, Jeff in Saskatoon, I don't know. There was people who did this in Lumsden, too. They, they'd have little dirt bikes, and, well, the passenger had crab. They, they'd take the crab apples off the trees. Yeah. And they'd th- like they'd throw them at each other as they <laughs> go around town. Always. Yeah. And here's remember, like I, I we are a helmet family. Like I, like our kids wear bike helmets. I did not wear a bike helmet. No, of course not. No. And it, it always came. To, it pops into my head at one point. Is like, when did we as a society go? You know what? It's probably yeah. smart to protect our brain. Like just, just probably smart. The less risky. That one. Like when? When did that happen? You know what it was? Lawsuits. It That's what had happened. Yeah, it was probably yeah. lawsuits. Uh, way back. Wasn't then. too long. It was. It wasn't that long ago though, because for a long time we weren't wearing helmets at all. Uh, Calvin and Warman, risky play. Hey. Go ahead. Risky. You know, one of the greatest things that we liked doing back then was making stink balls. You guys ever remember doing that? You take an old oh. pen. Take the guts out of it, shove the bottom part full of Kleenex, take a bobby pin, put it through the spring, and then you put the wooden matches. You talked about them earlier, the ones you could light on your zipper. And then you pull that little spring-loaded bobby pin, and it was the most sourest gas smell you've ever smelt in your life. <laughs> Going onto a city transit bus or lighting up one of those in the class, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Wait, wait, no, wait a minute, that's not that's not risky play. That's just straight up vandalism, dude. <laughs> There's a few texts that came in where I thought the same thing, where I'm like, I think that's more vandalism than risky play. <laughs> wrecking public property ain't where we're going with a risky play. The potential of risky wrecking yourself caught. is yeah. uh, caught, more risky yeah. play it's risky. Yeah, than anyways. Ah, kids these days. They wouldn't know risky we thought, like, if it was right in front of them. No, exactly. We used to do just knock down ginger. We used to do that all the time. We thought that was risky back in the day. Go ring somebody's doorbell and then run away. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ring the bell, run like hell. That's. <laughs> oh, my God. Jamie and I drew Amanda with you here in the green zone. Uh, yesterday, I had Evan Bray on. He's a big hockey card collector. He just came in to prove as he stated that he does have a Gretzky rookie. I had it in he my hand, it. but it was only a four. It's not a 10 out of 10. It was only a four <laughs> out of 10. The card. The Gretz, the Opeachy card that is all the craze of the box or case that was found in Regina. Uh, he's He's got at least one of those. How does an Islander guy have a Gretzky rookie card? Well, he's, a, he's a collector. He actually he was responsible. Cards. The guy who was responsible for dismantling your <laughs> dynasty. How is that? I didn't just think out of just pure spite, I wouldn't have a Gretzky card. <laughs> well, it'll be a little bit more valuable than some of the Islanders, um, even though they're great oh, players. Oh, 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 well, no, you don't, don't, don't do that. Now. But it is. Don't, it's just, it's more valuable than it. the Islanders. <laughs> With apologies to Trache and all Gillies and all the other. Their rookie card is not as as valuable as Wayne Gretzky. That's for a card collector. So he, he wanted to prove that he wasn't lying. 
He's not lying. It was in my hand. He's the chief of police. So I the former chief of police. You wouldn't think he would be a lying. He'd lie. I mean, that was, if you, I, maybe you doubted him and maybe he felt that in your voice. Maybe that was it. I'm, I'm, I'm a journalism student. I'm a trained skeptic. <laughs> You're trained skeptic. I, I learned from the best. His name's Daryl Davis. <laughs> A double take with Daryl Davis. Thanks for the intro, Jamie. I was gonna, I was gonna say, <laughs> I said one of the best. How is that not a thing? It's a good compliment. Yeah, the way journalists are viewed these days, I think that's a compliment. I'll check both. I'll check my get somebody to start my car before I go outside, though. I, I had I, I had to delay a little bit. Have you caught your breath? You you. <laughs> Gushing over here. I saw Evan Bray's rookie <laughs> card, so I'll, or, or not his rookie card, the rookie card of Wayne Gretzky. So that I'll verify it for you, validate it. You're right, Drew. I'm wearing headphones at the gym now. From now on, uh, it, it, I know it's cheating, but when you don't wear them, everybody comes up, wants to talk hockey, wants to talk riders, hockey. wants to talk sports. So I. I so that's why I'm late. The gym's just a couple blocks away, but I barely raced off the treadmill and, and was trying to run over here and got stopped people. five times. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And I love the fact that people care about sports, but it also makes me late for the show sometimes. You weren't late. You're right on time. <laughs> yeah, that's as close as I've cut it in a long time. That's true. I've seen you later that's for why. tea times than that. It's fine. That's why you go. That's why, that's why you get up early. And you get there early. Yeah, I'm not I'm like that. By, I'm up by six. I know. I or late. Se- yeah. Or you go late. I'm by seven. Drew yeah. and I couldn't be roomies. <laughs> yeah. My you, dad used to say, you're, you're the guy catching on to the wing as the plane flies by, right? If I'm not there by seven o'clock, I'm not there. That's a sports thing, though, right? Belton uses that one all the time. If you're not there early, you're late. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I, I My whole life has been deadlines. Right? Being yeah. On the radio. Yeah, so be, you should be. Yeah, I should press, be. Press, press, press. This is me being a rebel, I guess. Okay. <laughs> you have been able to yell. Have you ever been able, like back in the day, uh-huh. like way back in the way, way back in the day? Have you ever, were you able to yell, stop the presses in your print? Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, there, there's hardly any presses, you know, even the, the, pa- the newspapers I work for. Get but have you ever it. personally been yes. able to do it? Yes. Uh, you want to know? Really? I've told you the story, haven't I? Okay. Uh, no. It was uh, 90, 93 football season. Uh, John Gregory was coaching, and it was the team was struggling big time. Ken Austin was hurt. He was their quarterback. Uh, and we kept saying, oh, they're going to fire Gregory. They're going to fire Gregory. And then they won. I think Rick Warman was the quarterback. They beat the BC Lions at home. And I, and I wrote the whole story thinking, well, you know, John Gre- the heat's off John Gregory, kind of. You know, at least he's got a little bit of a reprieve here. And at 2.30, our deadline used to be 2.30 in the morning. I filed at 2.30, and I was walking out the door at 2.35, and the phone on my desk rang. And No. Yeah. It was Barry Tamman, who everybody probably knows Barry, who was Sasport Barry, and everything. Yeah. Barry was the PR guy for the Rough Riders Inn. He said, Daryl, uh, John Gregory has just been fired. Al Ford fired him. He was the general manager. He said, they're both expecting your phone call. I said, at 2.30 in the morning, he says, they know you'll be calling. So I did. I, I said, guys. Yeah, stop the presses. And they did. They hadn't gone, they hadn't printed no yet. They, they, like our plate, the, the sports plate went in at 2.30 and then the news, the A1 plate went after that. Uh, and they were get they were putting the plates on the big, huge press. Oh, I love those presses yeah. at the leader post. Yeah. The whole building would those. shake. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, so th- I actually said, stop the presses. And they said, you mean stop the trucks too, right? Cause all the trucks <laughs> were delivered. Yes. I said, so I sweated through it. I, I phoned Gregory. 
and Alan Ford, they were both crying. That's why I remember the moment so well. They were both crying because of the move that they had just made. I rewrote my yeah, entire yeah. story. And the Star Phoenix had, an, had a deadline of, in Saskatoon, we're sister papers, right? Its deadline was about an hour earlier or two hours earlier. So they didn't get it in the paper, but I got it in the Regional Leader Post for the next day's edition. And I did. Wow. Since you asked, Jamie, I did one time in my entire 25 years, of, first 25 years of writing for the newspaper, I said, stop the presses. So there it okay. goes. <laughs> Let's go back for a second. Yeah. At 2.35 in the morning. Yep. So were they sitting having no. a discussion that went that long? Uh-huh. Or did, were they just over beer? Or <laughs> well, the game, was the game NBC? No, the, game, the game was here in, in Regina. It was, okay. The game was in Regina. Yeah. And uh, I, I think what delayed it was that they were trying to do it. And Don Matthews, they, it was, Phil Kershaw was the president of the team then. And he was trying to get Don Matthews. And I don't think he ever got him oh. committed to become the – to replace Gregory until late that day and after the game. Oh, and then okay. he relayed it to Ford after the game. And they said, Let's, we got to make the move now. So the game was over by 11. Cause they used to start, I think at eight, then it might've been 11, 1130. And by the time I started writing, it's 11, 1130 back at the office. We had weird deadlines and we didn't have the laptops that we have now. So yeah. So that it, it was a decision that they made. And uh, when John Gregory died last year, I asked Al Ford if he had seen John and he said no. They had never. They were really good friends when they worked together. And Al told me, I think he said that he had not seen John. Maybe they had crossed paths once or twice, but he hadn't spoken to John since the night he fired him. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's how that's how hurt both of them were. Yeah, both both of them. And they were crying, Drew. And I I kind of was, yeah. yeah, And I, you know, as I'm writing them, I, I got to know they were. It was my first firing, I guess, through the. Through the as the sports writer covering the leader. Well, you're only 16 back then. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, I was just learning how to type. Uh, So uh, (laughs) that was my third year on the beat, I think. But But people, uh, that's what we missed. I mean, that's what you miss from the. So many coaches get fired now, Mm -hmm. and it's it's, you know we we call for it all the time. Yeah, Uh, but but you you miss the humanity of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a it's a it's a hard thing to go through Mm -hmm. as a person who gets fired, and I'm. You know, I know from from the guys who have had to fire. Well, not only me. There's a couple at Rocco who didn't mind it; they actually enjoyed it. But um, <laughs> the Shark ones, they were actually really, you know, really mm-hmm. emotional about it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's we we miss that from the, yeah. in the sporting world about the humanity. And it's not usually a personal decision; it's a business decision, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as you it's sign on as a business, coach, yeah. you know you're going to get fired. Just when, right? You're hired to be works. fired is yeah. a phrase. Uh, in coaching, yeah, no Drew, doubt. Drew, you made a good point too. The 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 game has changed so much. We're not in the locker room anymore. We don't know these guys the way we used to. Yeah. I used to see John Gray after training camp in Saskatoon when we would have the post practice meetings a long time ago. We would go sit in. He had this huge corner suite in the University of Saskatchewan dorms with a beer fridge in it, and we would sit down with him and a couple of coaches and talk over the day's practice and who he thought was playing well. And that's how we got to meet everybody, and you knew them. Not that they were best friends, but at least you understood the working relationship and, and respected each other in, in that regard anyway. Now, as you say, Drew, they fire a guy, they say they move him out of town. Once in a while, a coach will say, stay and meet the media, which is, you know, something they don't often have to do, but, uh, uh, they will. And you, you do have that, that touching feeling because you realize that these are people and they, they've cut players too, but realize that they're people because they're, it's not just numbers. What do they always say? It's a wonderful, wonderful sports, a wonderful thing uh, to be involved yeah. in, but it's not, uh, it's not very pleasurable. Great right? game, crappy Great game, business. terrible business. That's yeah. exactly it. That's, yeah. the, that's the saying. You're right. All right. Uh, double take with uh, Daryl Davis. Um, 
Next time we talk, we're going to be a few days into the negotiating window in the CFL free agency. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jeremy O'Day is going to land a big fish or two? Well, AJU letter Brady Oliveira. It seems like running backs are the main prize this offseason. And without Jamal Morrow coming back, it looks like they've they've re-signed Frankie Hickson, right? The the mm-hmm. running back. So they have one in, in, in their stable already. They may go after somebody like Ouellette, especially because Corey Mace knows him, right? And uh, it's interesting. You read Three Down Nation, and it's a good point that like in the NFL, is the value of running backs falling? Are they replaceable? Roy Shivers used to say, oh, I can find a running back anywhere. You walk into a college and the, the second and third guys are, mm-hmm. are great players. So the running back's position isn't as valuable uh, as it used to be. So they, that's who, who they might bring. But, Jamie, look over their free agent list. Uh, you know, they've signed everybody they need to except Sean Bain Jr. I would, Of all the guys on that list, he's the only one of the returnees they have to sign. Yes, Micah Johnson's there. Yes, uh, Larry Dean is there. Two good, solid players who are mercenaries. That's cool with that. They go, mm-hmm. it's a short career. They both played exceptionally hard and you can add those pl- players like that to your list. But are they the players you're going to build your team around? Not really. They have re-signed the players and uh, like extending, extending Roland Milligan, uh, this today is a, a huge signing. They've done some amazing things with that long list of free agents, and I think they're pretty solid. Will they go after a few guys? Of course you do. In the CFL, you have to, but not that they really, really have to. They've done a pretty good job of at least building their foundation and bringing back the people they need to bring back. Daryl Davis with us. Double take with Daryl Davis. Some more uh, coming up as we'll uh, pay attention a little closer to what's going on in the hockey world next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Wednesday afternoon as we have a double take with uh, Daryl Davis. Uh, coming up, Ian Mendez wrote a piece in The Athletic about what now for Gary Bettman in the National Hockey League. Now that we know it's out there, the lawyers have said the four players in the NHL who took leave are charged uh, with a count of sexual assault. They will fight it in court. But the next step is what will the NHL do on Monday after that London police news conference? Good question. What does Drew think? What what is he? What would he do, or what he the NHL might do? What do you think the NHL will do? It's it's all it's all going to depend on the court case. Okay. If the court case comes back and and there's a uh, and there's a guilty verdict. No, which, I mean between now between and now the, and then the court oh. case might be eighteen months away. That's a great that's a great question. That is a great question. What do they do? Um, well, the NHL is taking it out of the players' hands or out of the team's hands. That's for sure. They're going to be ruling on this themselves. Can you in legally ban these guys from playing or coming back to their teams with without any verdict in while the court case is pending? I don't I don't know if you can. I don't I don't if it's a conduct unbecoming, a moral clause in the contract, something like that. I don't know. I, I believe we'll see what the NFL did. Mm-hmm. The commission, the commissioner's exempt list. Remember, yeah, that's my thought too. That you, get paid, you're, you get yeah, paid. You get paid. Yeah, yeah. And they just salary, can't have them representing the team. I think that's not on the ice. I think that's the solution, Jamie. They they've got to do something. Drew's point is so valid too, because uh, technically they're not criminals until they're found guilty. If if and when they're found guilty, right? So you can't just suspend them without salary or prevent them from mm-hmm. earning earning money. However, how? <laughs> In the pu- court of public opinion, how much does this tarnish the NHL's image? And that's oh. what they're and that's what they're thinking of, right? And they, and to suspend them with pay, well, the, the, that's that's the way they're going to have to. It, this man, it just 
keeps getting worse and worse look for hockey, it's doesn't it? The entitlement. Horrible. It really is. Well, it's it's a it's so disgusting, and that's the only word for it. It's so disgusting that um, this this situation, this sexual assault alleged, is been brought to the forefront as far as what these young men, and I, I hesitate to use men because real men don't act this way. Mm-hmm. And if they did what they did and the text messages that we're hearing about are true and the videos, et cetera, how could anybody on any team want to bring them back? Mm-hmm. How? How could any fan want to cheer for them? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how. Like, the, wow. How could anybody who's got a daughter want to play with these guys yep. Yep. or want to be around them? How do you attract anybody to your sport? Right. That they're going to start losing people because of that, that culture. And I think they already are. The, the image of hockey is taking such a pounding that I think they're already losing people's interest in the game. And the, Drew, we got to go through this. Might have to go through this again with the 2003 team. Three. Yeah. You're, yeah, we're yeah. hearing we're about 2003 team, and yeah. there's, there's other incidents that we know because they, the records came out that they have, they have paid several lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, oh, yeah. So and, it's, and it's why Scott or Smith like, yeah, and yeah. all those guys are gone from Hockey Canada. No, they, but there's, there's still they some come, left. Aren't they coming back? They said, don't worry, we got everything looked after. You just stay away and we'll cover it, right? So we'll take care of it. Yeah, Hockey Canada, boy, they, they've got a, a big hole to dig themselves out of. And, and no matter, you can say that they don't know that it's still under their umbrella. And these are the things you teach your, your young players, everybody involved in the game right from the beginning. Sport Canada, to its credit, is making extra rules. The rule of two, you can't have two adults in a room. Or, or you, sorry, you can't have an adult alone with a, a young athlete anymore. They have to be two adults around, right? So all these bad situations aren't aren't going aren't likely to happen anymore so there are sports that are taking uh, advanced, uh, good measures mm-hmm. you know progressive measures toward this hockey is so far behind because that's what you you talked about hockey canada is saying no no don't worry we know what we're doing no you didn't know what you were doing then and you don't know what you're doing now well, so let's get money. it changed yeah. here's hush money here's but, hush money but protect see, the kids I, I object to the fact that hockey when we talk about hockey canada mm-hmm. because Throughout my life, I worked at Hockey Canada. Throughout my life, what are you doing? Just, oh, yeah, we're almost yeah. out of time. I'm just um... I object that it's that we're going broad brush blaming all of hockey when really it was an entity of hockey, which is Hockey Canada and what they but, did. But we're seeing it in other gymnastics there's other yes. sports oh yeah that right? cbc report was amazing huh? <laughs> like uh, in 20 years 600 athletes were abused under the age of 18 and 222 coaches were found guilty of were charged with that with, with sexually assaulting young athletes so you're right drew it's not just hockey and it's not just hockey canada it's permeate it permeates the sporting world and th- that trust that they have we have in coaches and and the people supervising just cannot be there anymore which is really unfortunate because we want our people our children involved in sports we want to make sure that there's safe places for them that's double take with daryl davis